welcome to this week's episode of the Match Fame Review Podcast, coming to you live from Air Force 2 above Kazakhstan, where we're being held hostage by terrorists who want us to stop making the podcast. Uh, my name's David. <laughs> and we do not negotiate with terrorists, Dave. <laughs> so we'll keep making this regardless. Uh, my name's Sam, and Air Force 1... A movie that falls apart right at the end, worse than the CGI graphic of the plane that falls apart right at the end of this movie. Oh dear. Uh, it's rough. This is um It's a nineties movie. movie. I like this movie Air Force One. You seen it before? Obviously. It's a fucking plane times. movie. Check. It's uh nine eleven adjacent, check. <laughs> uh Harrison Ford in a really sleepy political thriller, check, check, check. Mm. Sign me up. Although I don't think this is sleepy, I think we've. I think you can accuse this movie of being many things, which we will. However, I I think this is just so batshit, so insane. The body count is so high. You know, there's people getting flung out of airplanes with no parachutes on. It's brutal. And Harrison Ford snaps somebody's neck and he looks like he's asleep doing it. That's what I mean. I don't know if it's just Harrison Ford's action and and. I really do think most of the, apart from Indiana Jones, maybe most of the other movies bear me out here. That Harrison Ford is, is quite a sleepy actor. He doesn't get really, really worked up. It's quite a sedate we, performance. I think Last Crusade is the last time he had any fun making a movie. Like because because he just doesn't seem to he just doesn't seem to bring that energy. The, the energy I'm talking about is when he says he puts his finger up to C3PO. You know, as in like shush, like that's the that's the that's the thing. I'm like, Harrison, love you, buddy. You're doing great. This is a great. It's great to have you on this flick. It's really, really good. But you know, I could. What I want you to do is this. I want you to just get your finger <laughs> up there, and I want you to. That's the energy I want you to channel into. You know, clear and present danger, or Air Force One, or whatever other crappy yeah. but fucking brilliant. 90s action know, movies that he made. It's funny, isn't it? Because we're going to talk about... Let's talk about what we like about this movie first. Um, let's start, start talking through the plot and things. We'll, we'll get to it. Right, right, um, right. Let's talk about things we like, because there's a lot to like in this movie, but I do have a 45-hour lecture on things I didn't like in this movie and things that, okay, okay. And things that are poorly done. And things okay. that could be executed better. Um, it's Die Hard on a plane, except we've already done that. So it's Die Hard on a plane, but without any of the things that make Die Hard great. Yeah, let's do that. Let's let's have um, Han Solo in it. Absolutely, yeah. Indiana Jones on a plane. Right, cool. Die Hard. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is, but it's also Die Hard on a very specific plane, and that I think is why this film, like, there's a, there's a, there's a, the presidential thing is so it's so over overall, and I mean, literally from the first opening scenes of this movie. Uh, the credits, sorry, the, the opening credits, where we get this. Like it's proper presidential music. You know, we are, we are, um, I was going to say something much more crude than this, but we, we are very reverential of the, uh, of the, of the presidency and what president means. And, you know, like, 1997, we hadn't quite debased the presidency yet, although maybe Bill Clinton was working on that. When was Bill Clinton's impeachment? Um, Bill, I don't know. Let me just have a look. But I think it's definitely around then, isn't it? 
and it's gotta be it was 98 so it's probably all like maybe has it started yet i don't this know was the, the absolute last year you could make this movie like i i don't i don't mean to be hyperbolic but this is the absolute last time you last year you could make this movie and it not be what the guy who was having all the sex or the stupid guy or yeah. obama who we liked but unless you're a racist and then fucking the shit show that has happened since then i mean this is the last time this is even remotely like anyone's like yeah you get him president and it's, it's like no, no not it, anymore it, it's a real end of history movie isn't it you know like it's a real sense of ah oh, everything's coming up millhouse for america and we're all it's, it, it's like we're having a great time you know we've got all, well, russia's our friend now it's so all down to the down to the confusing politics in this movie which i didn't really like read into massively because it didn't make a ton of sense so we start off in, in Russia, obviously. Um, but the Russians aren't necessarily like the bad guys. The bad guys are Kazakh, Kazakh terrorists. Kazakhstan. But they're coded as Russian and they're speaking Russian. And what seemingly they want is they feel like Kazakhstan's been done dirty by the fall of the Soviet Union, which... And I don't know, I'm not hugely up on Kazakh history, but I don't think there was a huge... Let's rebuild the Soviet Union. Push? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I think yeah, it's definitely it's definitely reflecting and quite you know what we like seven years out, maybe six years out from the fall of the Soviet Union or something. So we're we're looking at a we're looking at a period of history where America is kind of doesn't have anyone bothering them. You know, like it's all all the shit that's going down is internal. You know, we've had Waco, we've had the Oklahoma bombings and. And all this shit. So it's all just like, it's a country that's internationally probably relatively at ease with itself. Gulf War, so is is you know has gone has been and gone. We're we're, we're all we're, everything's fine. And then I think you get these movies which are uh, inventing bad guys, inventing things for Americans to, to be terrified of. Uh, and yeah. then we'll just wait. Ring that fucking bell because <laughs> here comes 2001, like a steam train through the American psyche. Oh dear. Well, it's the other reason why you couldn't make this movie after 1997. Obviously, the president's name is Muck after this, more or less continually for much of the next two decades. Yeah. 9-11 kind of puts that taboo on, ooh, terrorists hijacking a plane, that's a bit raw. I mean, maybe now, maybe in 2023, you could make a movie, this movie, but... People again, you're still going to come up against that it. president's thing again. Um, yeah. I like the speech that Harrison Ford gives. Um, but by, by I like, I mean, it's stupid. They, um, <laughs> unplanned, the unplanned speech, the Trumpian unplanned, we will not be bullied speech. It's the same speech. It really reminded me of, you know, the speech that Hugh Grant gives at the end of Love Actually. <laughs> it's the same speech. It's like, we will not be bullied. We will stand up for what's right. And it's like, well, this is seems to be um, totally at odds with America's policy, but whatever. And everyone's like, hmm, "Interesting." Yeah, and 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 the idea that you know, get behind it's the it's it's policy, get behind it. You know, like that's uh, uh, only maybe we maybe we live in too a too divisive a too divisive time now. And so I just think like Congress isn't going to sell this. They're, they're not they're not taking any of this. This isn't going to. This get. movie is bought into the the mythos of the president which i really it do really think is. died 
I really, really do think like Nixon was a big hit to it, but like I think Clinton was the final nail, and then Trump's just defecating on the ashes of the president being like so respected. And obviously, we're not American; that makes a huge difference to how we view them. But the Almost president being respected as well. and revered. The president is revered, yeah. not just the office, the person in the office. This whole movie would fundamentally change if Glenn Close wasn't so terrified of unseating Jesus. That's literally <laughs> the attitude is like, oh my God, we can't we can't say he's not in charge because he's the president and he has a, a God-given right to be the president. And it's not well thought out, whatever, but like, I think it's trying to capture that kind of like um, commander-in-chief aspect. Which is... You know? Which is something we just we just don't have that here in Britain, do we? With the, with the prime minister, you know there is there yes, is we've historically sense. hated all of our prime ministers as British yeah. people generally. Yeah, but like think about I could probably I I think I've done this before when I've gone back, you know, and to like the start of the twentieth century, and I could pretty much name most of the presidents. You know, maybe not quite in the right order, but for at least a hundred years, I think I could probably do most. But I could probably. You know, like who knows what's happening in eighteen fourteen necessarily, but there's there's a sequencing there that I could get right. Other than, I mean, maybe like Harold Wilson, Gladstone, Disraeli, uh, like in order. I couldn't do it in order. No, yo, no, no. You know the ones that are important. Neville Chamberlain. You know, we know him. I could tell you when he was in office. You know the highlights. Churchill, Thatcher. Yeah. But tell who was president in nineteen. 19- uh, who was who was prime minister in in nineteen seventy one? No fucking clue. I can tell you, it was Richard Nixon though. Was was the American president? So there is. This is the thing. This is why. No, this isn't. This isn't the British politics podcast <laughs> yet. But this is. I'm swinging round to the positive here because this is why the film works. Is because it's buying in to this this Air Force One, this, you know, the Commander-in-Chief, this presidential um, love affair that America has with with the position. And then we get Hollywood doing its Hollywood thing, which is to give us the, uh, you know, the the, the president that we never had through um, actors. And I think that is such a fun like that that's such a fun thing to get into in a, in a real escapism in the same way that we've had like martin sheen um you know play well, he's the uh, he's the fake president isn't he like yeah he, he he's the one that everyone wishes was real yeah because but... it's to distract us from how horrible the real president is we'll have martin sheen on the tv and we'll believe in the office again um another good one is veep the unnamed and never seen president i always enjoy yeah. that uh, yes um I've been watching that, and that's really fun and to like. You might know his name, although I'm talking to the wrong guy. In the Shawshank Redemption, there's like the blonde-haired guy, and I, if you told me the actor's name, I'd recognise it. Who's in prison with them? He's like the third guy, and he played the president in some trash film. Everyone's the, it's it's always a good like the stupid fake one, the one who's a bit thing. the one who's a bit dim. You're yeah, talking about that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gonna know you mean right? Well, there you go. There's there's lots of examples, isn't there? There's lots of examples, and like, I think it's part of the fun of of this of this movie is is getting to like unpick that, and then just taking it to the extremes because 
the president of the United States is going around with a fucking MP5 machine gun, killing, you know, cat, uh, Russians, and and doing crazy shit like breaking necks, man. Like this is this is and just canonically those... blowing up um, civilians in the Vietnam War as well. This movie is. And I love it. Again, I really like it. And I like how it doesn't spend a lot of time on any of these like really disturbing things. Like, again, um, he's watching college football and 10 minutes later he is snapping a man's vertebrae. Yeah. Like, in a, in a fight. In the, in, in the cargo hold of a plane. And uh-huh. it's just... But it's nice that it doesn't focus on that. We get a drop line for some reason about how Harrison Ford flew helicopters in the Vietnam War. Um... And we don't get loads of backstory. It's just this is what's happening. We're in the air. It's a bit of a bit of a bottle movie in that way, which I think allows gives it stretches that um, suspension yeah, disbelief. Doesn't it's it? It's just in the air or in the in the you know the, the briefing room, isn't it? And that's kind of it. That's all we get really, which is you know with the with Glenn Close and, and the vice president. So yeah, like this opening is kind of setting a tone of this guy's different. He's going to change policy on the fly. He's going to cause so much paperwork for those nerds at home having he's to deal with this. He's going to get re-elected off the back of ten dead Russian terrorists. Yeah, like this. He's you're. I'm right, and you and you know I'm right. And then we've got the guy that they've locked up. Um, uh, I can't remember the name. What was his name? Generic uh, the, Russian baddie. Yeah, yeah, Molotov Colonel or something. Colonel Kreshenko or something. It's not Kreshenko. It's not Kreshenko. That's fine. Might be. Um, I'll, I'll find it. But that, that, all of that, I think, is like fine. And then as we basically just, you know, get to the money, it's get us to the plane. We we want to be on the plane. And and that's where the film is, um, is really going to like, blow up get it what is uh what about gary oldman because he's and we'll talk about glenn close in a second i do want to talk about glenn close quite a lot but let's big year stick for with gary oldman. huh big year for gary oldman yeah what have we got him what have we got oh, he did out? the fifth element this year as well oh that's a good film um, I, it's kind I, of like the it's it's interesting isn't it because gary oldman i mean most people if challenged would probably tell you he's in batman these days yeah um but like this is his real like heel era where you get Gary Oldman in to be like a scary bad guy, you know, because there's a bit of a, a bit of a weird energy to Gary Oldman sometimes, and he's, he's good a good, good actor generally is the rule. But this is kind of like weird unsettling intensity, which which he plays very well in The Fifth Element, mm-hmm. uh, in a bit more of an unhinged way. He plays very well in this. He is he is scary on screen. He's not like physically imposing. He's actually really little when Harrison Ford and him are fighting, but yeah. like. He's scary, and 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 it's a good performance in, from that perspective. And he, Leon the professional, he plays a baddie in that as well. Um, and it's again, it's a different flavor of kind of like scary, intense, psychopathic bad guy. Mm-hmm. I love I love Gary Oldman just as a general thing. I think he's re- he's really he's got that kind of like it's not quite like superstar energy like Harrison Ford, but there's like a there's a a little mm, something going on there, you know, where he can just he can just deliver, and the bits where he's shouting in this, you know, where he's getting angry, I fucking love. I love the emotion that he's bringing to this role, and I think it's the same as um, as in Fifth Element, where he's fucking insane. I like that performance with the with the thing on his head, and 
the chocolate very sauce disappointing sauce. like i need to watch that movie we need to watch that movie i think for the podcast and we can talk about how terrible luke Besson is as well uh, but <laughs> we knew that we we saw the professional we, it's all on the fucking that. page we've for us that. yeah jesus um, christ but no, it's, um, it's, it's a good performance from that point of view and i think that uh glenn close i really think she was done dirty by this film but it's oh. a good performance she glenn close her is and her entire gender were done quite dirty by this film it's it's because she she I mean, is even for of, 1997 even for 97 it's so patronizing isn't it i think there is a lot here that is that is, <laughs> that is like so we need to uh we're gonna have a a woman president a woman vice president my lord and they they because they reveal Which it didn't in that. happen for another twenty years after this movie. Yeah, I know twenty three years it took. Um, we are gonna have a woman, a woman vice president, and we're gonna they reveal it as like, here comes the vice president, and they open the door. Oh, it's a crazy shit. Oh my god, it's a woman. That's insane. And and I was and I I'm mean, obviously seen this before, but you, you do get the sense of like, oh, brilliant, like that's cool, that's progressive, nice. And then the movie's like, mm, nope, <laughs> we are, are going to diminish this character. Well, we are going to have everyone basically treat her like a fucking baby because she can't, you know, who can't regulate her own emotions or make any decisions whatsoever without, you know, her womb it's exploding. Just, it's an <laughs> like, example it of, this film, of this film being really poorly made in that regard. Let's talk about, let's talk about the Glenn Close thing right now because there's a lot to dig into and I'm not too bothered about being like thematic here. Um, Glenn Close. The whole her job in this movie is to, she's in the in the crisis room. She is in any other reality. She is the acting president. They would swear her in because guess what? The president is dead or missing or kidnapped by terrorists. In any of those situations, he can no longer function as the commander in chief. Therefore, yeah. there's all sorts of rules. Same with leaders all over the world. There's all sorts of rules in place to say right who's in charge. If a situation arises where you're in a coma or you've been kidnapped by Russian terrorists on a plane over Kazakhstan or, you know, you go missing or you're dead or whatever, like there are things in place. And her whole thing in this movie is this resistance to invoking this power, which is integral to the entire constitution of the United States of America. That's the whole point of the office of the president is that there is somebody filling it. Not the president is on the phone in this movie making phone calls to the Russian president saying release this war criminal because i'm the president of the united states and they're like yeah that's fine that's okay that tracks that won't be a problem that's fine yeah and and the whole and it, again it's because of this fetishization of the president that's how what the movie is trying to sell i think that i do agree there's a certain aspect of oh it's going close and she's a woman and she can't possibly pull the trigger but i think it's more so like the president is this supernatural being and we can't possibly like undermine him yeah what yeah temporarily remove his executive authority which he doesn't need in a hostage situation (laughs) for the good of the country yeah just to give ourselves a little bit of clarity about the priorities because oh let's not also forget that his wife and child are on this fucking plane which and the the movie's all over this and it would compromise anyone and would make anyone's decision making clouded by emotion or whatever else you just think oh but it, i think it is that thing mostly of like let's not give the president 
let's not you know we can't neuter the president can't chop his dick off live on fucking camera because he's the president but also they're just terrified and and to be fair to the movie they kind of get like the sec the, the secretary of defense being an arsehole which is a total trope by the way all the time the secretary of defense is an arsehole um him him trying to kind of like well i'm i'm in charge now which i think is based off a real thing i think when reagan was shot um uh, alexander haig who was maybe secretary of state at the time basically had a, a moment where he, where he stood up and said yeah no i i'm in charge now and then quite quickly i think um the vice president came and said no i mean read the constitution which is what they yeah. literally do and i just love the idea that they've got this like constitutional constitutional historian on speed dial to say <laughs> if the president can't be president then the vice president's president, president. And was like oh my god why didn't we get a linguist in he could have told us the same thing because He's... he understands the english language <laughs> Fuck is that me. what Vice means? Somebody, I say somebody Google Vice, but Google isn't a thing yet. Somebody grab a physical encyclopedia. Somebody go down to the library and get an encyclopedia and a dictionary and find out what Vice means. <laughs> Vice means, oh Jesus. Okay, I guess you are in charge, and that's weird. I guess because uh, you're a woman. This, this 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 constitutional historian, like he's on retainer. Like we may as well get him in. Like we're yeah. paying him anyway. It's fine. Well, let's get him out of bed at nine o'clock. We're all up. It's fine. He can come down. Yeah. There's no, there's two of them because you need you need one on a twelve hour watch and one on on you know the one in the daytime, one in the nighttime. They've of got course, a little office. Yeah. But again, in the you're West paying Wing. for that, Sam. That's millions of dollars every year. Like you've got to justify <laughs> that in the budget meetings. Who, yeah, who's who's who, the guy? The guy's you know he doesn't get much action. So we're gonna we're gonna wheel him out. He looks about eighty five, and he he's one of those guys uh, that you recognize. He is a that guy. He was in. He's in every he's single one of these movies. Where they have to play yeah, the Joint Chiefs or the Secretary of Transport or or, or the or the Constitutional Historian, <laughs> the White House keeps around. But it's, but the resistance to doing this, and, and this is why I think Glenn Close's character has done so dirty. Because rather than getting like this kick-ass female vice president, and again, fucking not for another twenty-three years. Um, <laughs> like I don't think I don't think a woman would even run as vice president until. 2012 maybe like even in 08 a hillary Sarah ran Palin, i think might have done against um, maybe with, yeah with, but like uh, yeah. wasn't it wouldn't wasn't even on the ticket for decades after this a decade at least and rather than having her be this like decisive and capable individual who still respects her boss as a person like that's fine and as as a president is great and maybe even she's relieved when they capture him because she's like thank god i didn't want to be president which is like no, that's not true because you're the vice president. That means you're pretty keen on being the president. Yeah. Um, yeah. As a rule, if you're a if you're in the higher up political sphere, you want to be the anyway. What? Why do you think I'm here? Why do you think I'm here? Be capable and decisive <laughs> and like taking action and making all these decisions. They're like, can we can we try and ring the president back? Can we send him a fax? Like we need help. And it's. In the it's context bizarre. of the movie, it works, but I just think it basically makes all the Glenn Close scenes basically like all the knitting den, and they're like, "Oh my god, how could we possibly run the country she... without Harrison Ford and his jawline?" Yeah, <laughs> and his jawline, and his and his gruff disappointment in us as well, because he always looks very disappointed. Um, she, yeah, and I think well, let's move on. But I think final point for me is that 
it, it basically she's basically like a receptionist she's basically just there to, to on the phone you know like she's she doesn't really have much decision making except for and this is classic classic hollywood uh, movie writing is that they give the character one female character one or two things to do usually that's like they get one punch against a, against a bad guy after spending the whole movie running around hysterically because they can't control themselves and and it's like and so the the the, the writers realize this about 40 pages in and then say oh shit okay let's give them something to do and so they get a good swing in or they make one decision in this, which is I'm not going to sign this document. It's just a shame because I think Glenn Close could really bring it. I think <sighs> I think she really bring like a really Great good performance actor. in this and they just don't give her the space to do it. Yeah. Let's you talk know, about be, the... Give me the damn paper. Like, you know, if we've got to do it, like you're a scumbag. He's You're not going to wangle yourself into a job. If he dies, I'll see you in the street. You know, that sort of thing. You want mm-hmm. her holding it together and... Yeah. Yeah, let's talk. Um, I, I'm I'm restraining the the some of the insanity that is the actual aeroplane. Well, let's talk about movie. the bulk of the movie. That before we get to Stupid City, before oh. we see the sign, Stupid City population. You, Gary Oldman, Harrison Ford. Um, <laughs> Me, <laughs> how dare you? You specifically, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, some of the things. Some of the things I think that as we get in this film is is we've we've touched on already is like. It's really, it's not violent, but it's quite gruesome. It's quite like, violent. Well, I know, but it's not like it's not like a Van Damme it's not, level. It's not blood. violent in a, it's not violent no. in a slasher way. Yeah, but I don't think this. I think, it, and I think it's a good thing. I don't think this movie pulls its punches at all in terms of like, is it the secretary of who uh, gets shot in the head defend. on the plane? Oh, I don't know. Um, what uh, national security advisor? Yeah. Um, and they just he just gets shot in the head, and we're like, "Oh my god!" And the passengers are like, "Oh my god!" And you know that's it's an effective moment. And the fact that this movie doesn't shy away from like chucking people off planes, like a lot, a lot of these civilians fly out of this um, parachute hatch. It's insane. Later on, like it doesn't shy away from that. And like I said, Ford's killing people, and a different movie would have oh we can't have the good guy murdering people and it's like well no it's fine it's okay it's cool but it's good i think it's a good use of tension and it's a good use of showing you how how bad gary oldman is when he when he shoots that guy in the head and he's on the phone saying i'll kill a hostage every 60 seconds unless you do what i say yeah you know it's effective yeah and that's the type of thing where i think where if you don't have that if you because it's like well what are you gonna do <laughs> you're in kazakhstan like all right, you got the president. That's fine, but there's no, there isn't like there isn't any threat, and I think it's. Uh, I mean, you could you could maybe fly into a building, but uh, never mind that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like there's no there's no there's no threat, is there? Unless you believe in the Jesus Christ um, presidential myth. There's no ticking and threat, I would say. The threat, the, the overriding threat is, yeah, well, I'll pl- crash this plane into the Aral Sea and we'll all die. Great, fine. Like, that's a threat. But f- yeah, from a but, movie point of view, that's yes. not much of a threat because then the movie's over. Whereas executing people every every 30 minutes, which how many get? I think, is, is it just two? Two. So execute the guy, shoots him in the head, and then he's doing the countdown on the phone and Ford can hear them on the, on the intercom, as well, on the like the sound system 
and it's the it's the woman who's like the, the, the I want to say tour, I, she's not a tour guide. She's like a press. She's in charge yeah. of the press. Deputy. I think she's like deputy press. She's a she's a, she's a hey. It's that guy as well. She's been in quite a yeah. lot of stuff. I think like loads of stuff. Yeah. So there's. I think that's a good like that really works for me. It really especially with the first one. You are like whoa, just like the characters are like this. These guys are serious. These guys are. A little misguided in their methods. I don't just mean they're being violent. I'm like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna achieve that much by this. But anyway, uh, they it's are a weird managing choice to kidnap the U.S. president to get the Russians to release a war criminal. Seems like a. Can you imagine a world, Sam, except in the fantasy of this universe, where Vladimir Putin is saying, "Yeah, no problem, Trump, Obama, Bush." Uh, Biden, I'll release him. No problem. Absolutely fine. He's out. He's out. Of the, he's you know been there for all of them, of course. But yeah, you're right. But again, that maybe ties back to the mythology of it's the U.S. president, and most Americans probably think that the U.S. president can pick up the phone, and everyone's like, "Yeah, yes, sir, absolutely." Who's Dick Dooney to suck? I'll go. Mm-hmm. You know, and, <laughs> especially, but, Clinton. <laughs> especially Clinton, all the way around. But yeah, so yeah, anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. he's specifically women, specifically who work for him. Specifically, wow. his own dick. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, well, that's all in the court transcripts. You can you can and, read up on that. That's fine. An intern, incredible. Wow, creepy. Um, Radek is the guy. Is this military dictator of 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 the? He's not even in charge of Kazakhstan because he's obviously locked away in a Russian prison. So you like so he's. We see him get kidnapped at the start of the movie. I think maybe by like a joint U.S. Russian op. Yeah, and he's gonna get he's gonna get let back into his country and then take over. And again, I'm really hit up against the wall of like, why then are you doing this, Gary Holman? And why do you care so much? Like, I know you want Russia, I know you want Kazakhstan to like Russia to take over Kazakhstan again. And the whole point of the of the bit at the start is that America and um, Russia have kind of you know de-escalated. They're friends now. The Cold War's over. So it's all good. The capitalists are running the show. It's fantastic. But I'm just, but again, like I think we also it's have not, to. It's not well explained, is it? No, it's not well. But but it doesn't matter. Have to, it doesn't matter because you have to remember the genre. The genre of the movie is so like I think it's so important to your your suspension of disbelief, and that I think is the most important. That's the most crucial thing that this movie nails is that everything it gives you almost because right at the very end, we'll talk about that later on, but everything it gives you, you kind of believe you, you kind of just just about believe enough that you're not going, wait, what? Until maybe afterwards. And then like we are now going, I thought about the geopolitics of it and that makes no sense (laughs) in the moment. It's, because it's taking so much from Die Hard, we're going to have to talk about Die Hard a bit. Um, Let's talk about Die Hard. Like, because it's why is that so a good movie? Why? Why is Die Hard? Die Hard's a good movie because suspense. the stakes are really localized. Yeah, like not necessarily the the later movies, but certainly that first one. The reason it's really good is because it's John McClane is a nobody. That's an important fact, which is why he's not. He's you know they don't know he's missing and they don't know who he is. Yeah. Um, it, the way that they use phones uh, in that movie works really well as well, and they use that in in this as well. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that the baddie uh, Alan Rickman like it just wants money, like he's got this pretend thing about terrorism, but it's, he just wants money. I think 
automatically makes him a much more understandable baddie because it's fine. Like, oh yeah, well we all want money. Great, I can understand that. <laughs> we all want money, Hans Gruber. Um and <laughs> I'll I'll kill three hostages right now if you give me some money. Exactly. Great. And oh, by let's, having let's do it. Hans Gruber, the same thing, by having him perfectly willing to shoot a guy in the head just to prove he's not messing. Yeah. It kind of makes it okay for Bruce um for Bruce Willis to go around murdering people because it's mm. kind of like in response to that, the same way that this movie is, where we see Oldman again pulling the trigger to prove to everybody that his dick is bigger than theirs or whatever he's yeah. doing. Like again what... it works well and that's so it's cribbing from Die Hard well, but it's kind of and the movie doesn't make you think about the geopolitical stuff at all, really. It, it it's not massively interested in it, what... and that's a a boon. But yeah. Like so, you finish it and you're like, "What were they? What were they doing? What was? What was? What did they think the end point of this was?" Yeah, what's the plan? Like, but what you just said, what you just said there about Diad is spot on. The stakes are localized, as in, it it doesn't what happen. What's happening outside the universe doesn't really matter because within the universe of the movie, which is basically this plane and you know the the, the situation room none of it really matters and i think i think there's a they 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 toe the line so well between giving you enough meat of like oh it's it's he's a russian he's a bad guy and they want to do what and then the the movie's like never mind look his daughter and you're like oh my god that's terrible his poor daughter's having to witness all this and then we see the national security advisor get his head blown off and blah 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 like all the way through the movie we just get these points almost almost like peaks and troughs of don't forget everything's on the plane and it's all happening and like i think that is really really clever script writing because it, it just in the same way that die hard um you you're not really concerned what's happening outside the building you know it's all about those interpersonal relationships and the drama which we've kind of you know derided a little bit between glenn uh, glenn close and the secretary of defense actually adds a lot of fun because you're like oh shit yeah i like i like a, it, i like a crisis room I, generally i think it's a good yeah it's a yeah. good movie thing to just cut to and, and and it's cheap it's really cheap you just get these guys in a room buy them a load of coffee it's fine it's really easy order um, 12 large military suits they must be large because you always get these big like general guys <laughs> well you, you know, just get like... them off the whole person off the rack sam already in the suit like, that, <laughs> these, a lot of these guys are like that's all like, they ever do is they show like, up in movies and they play military guys and it's like yeah. comes with suit. It's like you know, like action man comes with military suit, oversized. Well, just, just you know, like Monsters Inc. where they're pressing the the code, do do do, and then they press the button and the, there's the, all the all the doors in the back room on a yep. rail. Here we go. We've got this guy. He'll he'll give you a joint chief of the army, no problem. Exactly. You get him down. You put the the correct time specific ranking signature on the jacket he's good to go <laughs> give him some lines he could learn quick exactly um <laughs> but, you know i do like that and it's and i like the whole the initial i think the movie kind of dies a death uh which is unfortunate when oldman and ford meet uh which is kind of like the turning point of the movie which is a shame because it means we get almost no interaction with the two of them yeah um, we, we, we get the one which scene would be where... amazing mm-hmm gone because then the movie kind of like it really slows down and then the stakes are like well now it's no longer harrison ford like 
loose on the plane doing the John McClane thing, which is cool. Like, oh my God, how is he going to get the rest of them? And how is he going to save his wife and daughter? And it's like, well, you're fucked now, aren't you, mate? And he only manages to turn the tables um, because, honestly, Gary Oldman really, really, really lets the fucking ball slip here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's it's a it's a real shit plan, poorly executed, and and I I also think as well like this movie exists in a world where nuclear weapons do not exist because <laughs> because because if you know if Kazakhstan's stolen the president, you know we're going to be quite quickly escalating to oh let's move some nuclear submarines, you know within range. I know Kazakhstan's probably landlocked, Pretty but inland. still. We we we've we've got ICBMs and we're going to be talking very la- loudly about extreme measures if and when the president is not returned. You know, Kazakhstan's going to be more of a crater than it perhaps already is. Sorry, Kazakhstan. Oh, shots fired. Yeah, there we go. Hi, Kazakhstan. Well, uh, <laughs> not, no, well shots to be fair, fired. in 1997, things were not all well in Kazakhstan. I will say, uh, I think things are better now. But yeah, 1997, not great. Again, my Kazakh history is is not. Um, not as good as my American history, clearly. That's a problem. That's a, I, yeah. it's, a, it's my problem. I'll work on it. But that's fine, isn't it? In terms of the way that the movie works, it's kind of like just like one of those vague 90s movies where it's yeah, the Russian yeah. bad guys and they're from Look. one of the diehard films. They're from, like, they're Cossacks or something. They're from somewhere else in Russia on the steps. And it's kind of like, it's fine. It's vague just enough. Just bad guys. It's, it's recognisable enough that, like, it sound doesn't sound like a made-up country but probably yeah. vague enough that most Americans couldn't find it on a map, which is not a lot. was not a high bar, I will say. But um, like, so it's fine. It's just you can just do what you want, and it's okay that these guys are you know playing Russian buddies, and it's fine. It's okay. The Middle Eastern bad guys will be in vogue very soon, so we we can well, you know we can enjoy the Russians being the bad guys for a little bit, and then it'll swing back round, and it probably another five years the russians will be bad guys again because of well they are in know. real life again so i mean exactly it feels like they and, never went away all, oh, all the classics they're playing all the classics yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah russian so we get, uh, well yeah let's move on so, so we get the end of the movie so we get like we have the so this is when there's the most going on in the movie we've got we're flashing between the uh, the crisis room, where Glenn Close has said, no, no, let's not remove any of the president's executive powers. The <laughs> He's got this. He's like, yes, yes, I'll absolutely release this guy. You're so handsome. You're so powerful. You're space Jesus, or whatever, fine. Well, then we flash to the prison, back to the plane where everyone's celebrating, and this guy's walking out of the prison. I do like this because it's so fucking stupid. Um, and... <laughs> And then Harrison Ford picks his moment. He attacks Oldman. They kill the other two guys. The um, one of the Secret Service guys takes a slug in the chest. Um, he's a hey, it's that guy. Uh, he's been in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of have all of these things happening. And mostly Glenn Close isn't doing anything. Um, and then and Oldman think... gets chucked out the back of a plane. Forty-two seconds after that. And uh, yeah, because and j- just just get back ever slightly is like we get the scene in the. On the in the cockpit where Oldman and Ford are kind of chatting and they're talking, and as you said, it's pretty it's pretty dead. Like it's a pretty it's a bit of a it's a bit of a dull scene. We do get some good like action between them, and I think they were actually fighting a little bit. You know, punching each other and slamming up and 
I think Oldman said, "I just slap. I'm I'm beating up Han Solo, uh, which is quite a fun thing to you say." You got to take that opportunity when it comes at you. You know, can... like how how many people can say that? Exactly. And so all of this happens, and I think it's it's kind of a bit. And then the movie just escalates so quickly because we do get that point where they're now shooting, fighting, and Oldman's kind of on the run on the plane uh, with with the with the wife. I think um, wife, yeah, his wife. And, his wife lines and... missing <laughs> this action figure did not come with a voice box no no it did not she's the same actor um, let's find a name who uh uh wendy cruson she's in um jingle not jingle all the way tim allen's christmas movie oh the Abs- santa claus the santa claus she plays <laughs> great uh, movie the, the ex-wife and Santa Claus. Another wife. Brilliant. Well done, Wendy Crewson. It's hard being a woman in Hollywood. I know. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Because you can't be president. <laughs> can't you can't be, be vice an, president. can't be an effective vice president. At all. Absolutely not. And I think, I think this is... It's a real shame because this movie is, I think, despite being wildly stupid, the suspension of disbelief all, almost all the way through keeps going it keeps going and it ratchets up and it's violent and we get you know we get some fun scenes when the harrison ford's trying to get through to the uh the, the white house switchboard and no one doesn't believe it's hit all of this that's a good little throwaway bit perfect levity peaks and troughs fantastic can tight filmmaking and then the end of the movie comes and it really is just they ran out of ideas they ran out nope. of ideas I just from a trivia point of view, I did do a bit of reading on this because I couldn't understand because the the crescendo of the movie feels like it's a three shot, isn't it? It's Harrison Ford's run away. It's the Secret Service agents have told the White House that that the you know that they are in control of the plane. So you have a three shot. You have Glenn Close celebrating. You have Harrison Ford on the ramp with his wife and. Gary Oldman, and you have the guy walking out of the prison, right? The guy walking mm-hmm. out of the prison gets shot, everyone is celebrating in the in the crisis room, and you have that culmination on, on the parachute ramp where Gary Oldman gives a great speech about, like, either way, you're fucking fucked, because he's got all the parachutes. And then, you know, Harrison, he gets shot, and he falls out of the plane, and we save the wife, and, and then that's the movie. That is your movie. Everyone in the crisis room, that's your last shot. Is everyone celebrating. Harrison Ford kisses his wife, if he could pick her out of a crowd. Um, <laughs> and we're out. You know, we cut to black. And apparently they filmed it, something like that. Uh, and they didn't like it. They didn't think it was uh, bombastic enough. Too so, that's why, so that's why we got the totally insane, what felt like 45 minutes of movie um, with all this trash CGI and like, incredibly nebulous stakes the, the, um, zip, the zip wiring from from the now i'm, I'm gonna ha- i'm gonna have to do it now dave i'm gonna have to talk about the fact that you know like obviously they dumped a lot of fuel um but uh, you know an aircraft like that can run on one engine like it can do it and it's not great it shouldn't be done but it can it can do it and especially air force one which has a range of like six thousand miles or something ridiculous it's like, like seven thousand eight hundred it's it's earlier. it's huge it's absolutely huge and i just think okay like fine maybe the plane is going to crash 
but but when we're talking about sending a propeller plane by the way not very fast to go alongside it and then we're going to spend however long it takes for the people to jump across with the with the zip wire and attach the thing on and then we get like the 40 people who are left on the plane couldn't you just because, just quick one because don't, couldn't you just send a guy with like 10 parachutes just down the zip wire once and then we could all just, just jump just out send the plane the parachutes down because as we've seen in the start of the movie they're quite happy to be chucking people out of planes over who knows what <laughs> I mean, God are we knows over where. Water? are we over water are we are we in dangerous territory and we've got the we've got all of these smiling happy people in parachutes just gliding down where are these people going like <laughs> they're dead just, they're all they're dead not interested and i think that is a it's just it's a real funny thing of if it doesn't exist on the plane or in the situation room nothing else you know doesn't exist still so then we're at the end of this movie We've had some insane plane shit. We've got this plane that can't fly anymore now for some reason. We've had don't forget, <laughs> don't forget the fighter jet that jumps in front of a missile to protect. You know, the... I think, and I, and I know <laughs> it's not. What? Do you know what? I know it's not. I know it's not like technology, te- technically or like in reality or like whatever. Like the most improbable thing in this movie. Um, it's the stupidest. It's the it's... stupidest thing that no one said. Do we not think that's a little cute? Because we've already had somebody literally jump in front of the president to take a bullet. We've already done that. We have already spammed our load on that. Let's <laughs> not do that with a fucking fighter plane. And he has the time to be like, no, Mr. President, with a plane is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It's it's insane. I, there's a lot of stupid things in this. There's a lot. Here's one more. I've got to say it just to cleanse myself. They say Fox 3 when they fire the missiles. Fox 3 is when you fire the guns. For fuck's sake, you fucking idiots. Now, it doesn't matter. It's a small thing. It's my problem. I'll deal with it. But I I do think it suggests, like, if you're making a movie about a plane (laughs) and aviation, like, maybe just do the slightest bit of research. You know, maybe speak to somebody in the military. Presumably they got all these suits from there. All the uniforms. Like, just ask them. Just, ble- just cast your eye over this, would you? And there's just so many things, like the escape pod in the in the, in the Air Force One. Even the refueling. Um, I could be wrong. And maybe it's the planes that they're currently retrofitting to be the new Air Force One. But I don't think these planes can do... I don't think they're... I they think can. it's a big thing is that... They want the they want Air Force One the planes that they use as Air Force One because that's a designation not a plane name, that's the correct terminology I'm sure. Um, uh-huh. They want the plane they want Air Force One to be able to refuel midair because it's tactically useful in certain situations. Um, it, it, but it can do it, it can. But this never been done. Um, so I think basically right. Air Force One maybe it's the new ones because they bought two new planes. It's boring. Uh, air, air, aircraft talk, but they've bought oh, uh, two. They've bought two planes, two like two new seven four sevens or whatever they're using from Boeing. Well, not from Boeing. Anyway, they've bought two, and they are currently being like ad- adapted and retrofitted. But basically, they can't. They can't su- sufficiently reinforce the like uh, the shell if they put the refueling port in them. So the new ones won't have the ability to do an in-air refuel yeah. like we see in this movie, which the, also the doesn't new one. feel like where the fuel would go in, but that's it's fine. 
it, yeah, it does. That's how that's generally how it works. So yeah, you're right. The old ones can't, but the the, the old ones can, but the new ones won't be able to. And I think that you know what that is. That's a reflection of like it's not the Cold War anymore. So if there's a nuclear wasteland, we we don't need we don't <laughs> We've need got bigger problems. Yeah, we don't need the president to be kept in the air in perpetuity. You know, we can maybe just like so. That's that is an interesting thing. It's not interesting for anyone else, but it's interesting for us. And it's our podcast, so there we go. So let's let's you, wrap up this like, movie. It's really cool to have like a sexy in air refueling thing. I think it's even in the movie, it's cool. It's cool yeah, it's that and you're like it's great. And if you're watching this in '97, like obviously we're nerds, so we know those loads of things. You're like, oh my god, they can refuel in air! You're like yes, they yeah. can. And it's really fucking cool. And really go get your dangerous. encyclopedia and read up about it. You know, because <laughs> that's I'm going to go down to my local library and, and register and get a card and then go and read an encyclopedia about aircraft. Go look it up on Wikipedia. Oh no, that's not a thing yet. Nope. Um, so yeah, so oh god, this fucking film, the end of this movie. So we have the enemy MIGs again. I didn't even bother to look oh, into whether that was MIGs. a plane that the Kazakhs would it, have. It, well, they probably would have got MIGs were everywhere. They probably would have been able to. It's get fine. Some so we got the enemy MIGs, MIGs um, and we that. get to have, which is, and a really protracted long like. It would not take five MIGs this long to take down a seven four seven. It's a and big a se- plane that doesn't fly as fast as a MIG. I can't. I can't. I can't not say it. The, Obviously, these Air Force One is going to be an advanced aircraft that will be able to do it. These missiles are made to shoot down other fighter jets, right? So, in terms of the maneuverability, is like a very large barn flying (laughs) through the air, much slower than a MiG. In terms, exactly. In terms of the the maneuverability of a missile versus a fucking a missile that's designed to hit like subsonic aircraft. To, to to exactly to destroy other fighter jets like it's not going to be able to dodge that yeah it might have some chaffs it might have a little you know but if you try and do anything funny you're going to rip the wings off that's what's going to happen <laughs> so please please be yeah and it, it's offensive isn't it because you don't need it because we've we've already had the cool plane stuff is Harrison Ford dumping a load of fuel that's cool right the red white and blue thing was a bit cute but it's cool right <laughs> You have the, the, like, wires. where are we? You have the threshold that they have to go to for the refueling. Like, it's all cool. And then you have these MIGs and you're like, do we really need the big fireworks show at the end with tr- the trash CGI? And it looks like fucking shit. Are we, are we talking about the Air Force One, the, the 747 crashing? Is that what we're talking about? No. Well, yes. But I mean, just a whole anything involving... The, the MIGs and the missiles yeah, and the plane okay. getting shot. Because apparently the way they shot this was they put decals on the plane they'd used, they were using for the filming, which is cool. Like, we're, this is a real plane in the air sometimes. And they were flying it around with these decals on it, like it had got bullet holes and stuff in it. That's cool. But it also looks like decals of bullet holes mm. and stuff. Mm. It's not great, is it? It's not great. So let's let's fix the end of this movie. Let's fix the end of this movie because I think we've we, we can describe what happens and we need to pull ourselves away from Sam's aviation uh, complaints hour, <laughs> despite the fact I don't want to. But uh, th- there must be a fix for this film, which is that has a, a more satisfying ending. I mean, after old after Gary Oldman gets killed, which is a funny, great death, and his head's all bro- necks all broken down on the the parachute. Like, <laughs> and then we, we still get the need- shot of him. Yeah, yeah, so it's beautiful, and it's perfect. Ah, chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. 
but we do need a way we do need something relatively high stakes i agree you can't just have the we did it freeze frame with the you know breakfast club the arm in the air do you kind of have that high stakes though when he's i mean my fix would be write the wife out this movie the wife is no longer in the movie because honest honestly from a film from a screenwriting point of view having the wife and the daughter no 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 no, no. if you didn't kill her but like just have the wife couldn't make it so he's brought the daughter and she has and maybe it's her chaperone maybe it's like she has a chaperone on the plane while the the president's having an affair with fantastic and so realistic 100 percent (laughs) absolutely fine get some sexy harrison ford topless scenes in this movie yes i'm into it um Ooh, let's 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 shoot this you can be <laughs> we're shooting f plus one the porn parody um i'll be the uh i'll be the uh chaperone that's right yeah <laughs> right so you write the wife off the movie because it's it's um from a story point of view it's because the daughter has nothing to do after she basically is in the movie for that one she, creepy scene with Gary Oldman. Oh, and you yeah. kind of need to pick Ooh. a lane here where it needs to be Ooh. one or the other. Now, mm-hmm. we could get Luke Besson in to direct it, in which case it's all fine, I guess. Put as much creepy shit in as you want and then marry the marry the girl. That's oh, fine. God. That's usual. That's normal. God. Yeah, that's right, Luke Besson. We, we won't forget about you, you scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming for you next week. <laughs> but, but cool, you have but cool movie, daughter. to be fair. Cool movies. You have it just terrible. be the daughter. And then you have the scene at the end is, is Gary Oldman on the parachute ramp with the daughter. And then suddenly we're like, oh yes. my fucking God, he's going to fucking stakes. kill this girl. That's scary as shit. Harrison Ford's like, I'm the president, but like, this is more important. And the guy's like, no, you can't go out there, Mr. President. You're the president. He's like, that's my daughter. <laughs> um, right. You can imagine him saying the line. And then I think it's just a much more powerful moment. And you can have her like turn and maybe just like she kicks him in the balls or something with the shin on like, like a nice power moment. And then he sort of slips a bit. They get the shot. He gets shot in the head. Have the same scene. They grab her. She's saved. Oh, my God. We're so relieved. And then then they get on the line and say, we're in control of Air Force One. We're coming home. And you get everyone doing the whole, like, um, you know, like mission control in Apollo 13. Like, yeah, yeah, we fucking did it. We did it. You know, the whole, like, bombastic, only Americans can do, like, the, we did it. And he hugs the daughter and... You know, and she says, "Oh, next year can we just, you know, some cute line like next year can we just go to Camp <laughs> no, David I've again?" It. I've got it. Like, I've got it. Maybe I don't want to go see the refugee camps, like I said I did at the start of this movie. <laughs> Maybe I've seen enough death for one life. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I like this, but you I like have this. it and that, and that, and it makes makes it a lot tighter. And you can have it then be Ford seemed because him and the wife don't have a lot of chemistry. Part of that is because the wife has basically no lines and, um, yeah. and it's very underwritten and isn't in a lot of scenes again because she's splitting her time with a daughter who then disappears for the last act mm-hmm. I've, i really like this i think definitely get out earlier i think there is i think you do need you do need to land the plane though and this i think is where we could either don't have him as an air, as a, a pilot or have it as hey you're a pilot and he's like yeah, because Harrison Ford's a pilot, he loves this shit. No, no, but the, but the line is, and the joke is, is that I flew helicopters. <laughs> like I didn't fly jets, we and don't we have a mo- that joke. No, we don't. What we get is because Ford never really like flies the plane, does he? That much. So it's a uh, uh, Macy does most of it, and he's just kind of like. Ooh. And I think you kind of you you kind of want I want you want to you want to see 
I remembered him one. landing the plane in my head. You want to see him land. That's and what I, think I remembered. It's a classic movie thing of, I don't know how to land a plane, but I'm going to land a plane and we're in, you know, we're landing in Germany or whatever else and everyone's there and fireworks go off and we, we get the moment where he's like, oh shit, I'm coming in and and we've got Yeah, the landing someone, gear snaps off, but they're all okay and it's fine. It's someone just a on bit the, bumpy and... Someone's given him instructions, which we've also set up because, you know, who was maybe the ground controller or aircraft. We set up a uh, guy early on, yeah. Something. And then we land the plane. And I think what that skips is... is that Aren't we just talking about that Die Hard film? Isn't this just that Die Hard film? Yeah, exactly. It's, like, I'm, I mean, beat film. for beat, don't we land the plane at the end of that movie? The whole film is the same. So <laughs> I just think lean into it. But what the, the, my reason for this is, number one, I think it's much more satisfying than whatever happens in the whole thing. Because then the movie, they just get out of there straight away. As soon as they're on the on the on the uh, the army aircraft, the movie's over. And you're like, whoa, sweet. Rather than well, the movie's ah, it's over. all done. But you have we have to make space for this fucking Xander Berkeley weird. I'm a bad guy plot. It's bizarre. <laughs> but but the reason that you don't blow up the plane is because one, it, it well it's 997 and you either. You can't blow up a real seven four seven, because that's that's too much to do. And number two, you can't really do this CGI because it looks terrible. You know, the, the when the planes like it's 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 falling apart like it's made of. Why can't like, they do it in miniature? Like Lego is something that can be achieved. And honestly, exactly long trough of. Of, of sand I, it's on water which is a problem but just land the plane just get a plane that's got you know you could do it but look at Star Wars Star Wars has got loads of stuff like that in it and that's from the 70s but anyway I just think land the fucking plane and then we all get the closure that we need job done yeah, USA, Mace gets USA. shot in the chest several times yep great oh, yeah. fantastic we yeah, they the just kill him. and the weird sort of like it's weird it's weird it's odd um it's an odd ending to the movie. They don't stick the landing. I still really like this movie. I think it's really fun and silly and mostly doesn't bother you. There is The MiGs are a bit head-scratchy, to be honest. I think that's like the bridge too far. The, the, there's a, there's a lot point. of madness, but the madness is why we're here, isn't it? The yeah, madness. and it's fine. It's kind of like a, it's a die-hard die clone with Harrison Ford. It's fun. Um, it's quite but, high-grossing. I think it's like... Oh, it made like made a lot of money. Dollars. Yeah, it's a it's mm. a big movie. But let, before we wrap up, let's uh, should we do should we do this, Dave? You ready? Yes, that music can only mean one thing. It's the partly adjacent, semi-relevant, unnecessary quiz round. <laughs> like the name. This is the quiz where we try and stump each other with stupid questions that are kind of about this movie. But you'll see, we've got three questions each, and whoever gets the most question wins a flight on this model of air force one i said hop in dave hop <laughs> in <laughs> let's do it goes back to the aviator and the simpsons for you it's, it's a great um portmanteau of a, of a reference really it's a it's a natural place for me to be so i'm gonna go first and i'm going to ask you three questions and then you're gonna ask me three questions and whoever gets the most right wins the uh, the ride in this model aircraft so let's get going lovely i really hope i don't win that sounds um uh, like an uncomfortable i uh, said hop in uh, <laughs> this movie air force one stars the great harrison ford doing his best disappointed uncle acting but 
Who was this movie initially written for? Was it A, Kevin Costner, B, Bruce Willis, or C, our hero, Nick Cage? It wasn't Bruce Willis because Bruce Willis already did this movie, um, <laughs> Die Hard 2. Yeah, but what I if think. he did it again? What if he did it again? And that would be a fucking... Do you know what? I think I think Bruce Willis is maybe one of the best like everyman actors. I really buy him as like a fucking alcoholic um, deadbeat dad cop from New York that really sells. Bruce uh-huh. Willis as the president, not very collegial, um, you know, not very <laughs> highbrow. I can't see him doing this speech at the Russian embassy, uh, the, you know, the, at the Russian dinner thing. And I'll and I'll give you I'll give you the clincher. He doesn't have much hair left by this point in 1996. Yeah, I'm sorry. You can't, have a, ball, you can't have a bald not, president. Not a lot of bald presidents. Not recently. unless it's 1814 again, and we we're exactly. going back. You know, so exactly. so we uh, so Nick ruling Cage, out. Similarly, I know it's not Nick Cage, um, but I'll say why. We'll do the Slumdog Millionaire thing. Uh, he's too young. I think uh, Nick Cage is like fucking 25 in 1997. I think it's mm. just like a. Uh, you know, he's too young. He's again not got enough hair. Um, Harrison Ford's got a fantastic head of hair. Um, it comes from being rich since the early since the mid seventies, um, <laughs> but that'll do it. I just don't buy it. Nick Cage is the, again as as the president as the, as one of these like secret service men maybe as the terrorist absolutely. Stanley Goodspeed, yes, president. No, fair enough. Not so much. So that, um, so that leaves so the answer therefore his... must be Kevin Costner because he's a very Harrison Ford type, isn't he? Congratulations, you got that right. Well done. Despite my attempts at trickery. Okay, question two. Air Force One has a reported 2014 cost of 810,877, so 210,877 uh, $1,000 per month, hour, or day. So that's A month, B hour, or C day. $210,877. What do you think, Dave? I think it's a day. It must be a, day. a month. Is that seems way too low for a month? Uh, Two hundred grand a month. I mean, all. I think I think that's a day. You think it's a day? Why? I think it's a day. What, what could what could we be spending money on? Two hundred. Two hundred. Well, I grand. think basically, I, I I think that it's the budget for Air Force One must be like millions a year, right? Mm-hmm. Must be, even though they already own the aircrafts, which cost them several hundreds of millions to buy and fit and all of that. Yeah. I think just like all the presidential branded peanuts and like, you know, the, the reporters are going to steal president. all the presidential like Air Force One branded merch that the that the journalists are going to steal. That must cost, you know. What what about what about watching college football? Uh, you know, in that is expensive Atlantic. to be fair. <laughs> if he's, that must be because expensive. is the president also getting locked up, getting the local blackout on the local market? If that's what he happens to be, or Wherever is the president is. saying, "I want to watch Notre Dame play. I'm going to fucking watch Notre Dame play." Do you reckon yeah. he's streaming it? I think he is. Do you reckon he's, he's got an illegal stream going in Air Force One? Dodgy Russian site. So you're going to say day. Is that right? Day. Oh, it's wrong. It's 210,877 in 2014. An hour. <laughs> That's There's a phenomenal your, amount of cash. That's your like, taxpayers' money. Well, not my taxpayers' money, but yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> You, right. gave, you gave me the cash sound for the American government, the American taxpayer. Oh, wow. Listen, $210,000 a day. Oh, yeah, baby. Right. Let's go on to the last question. Now, you got to think it through. I want you to just immerse yourself in the words that I'm saying. 
What did Winston Churchill say at the end of the Battle of Britain in October 1940? What did Winston <laughs> Churchill say at the end of Battle of Britain in October 1940? The Air Force won? It's yes. got to be, right? <laughs> well done, Dave. That was a contextual answer. I had no idea what Winston Churchill said at almost any point. No, neither I, but you got the pun, and that's what it's about. Well done, Dave. So you've got... Th- you've got so that's two, uh, for what three. Did you get? two for three. Two, two out of three, which is, well, better than one out of three, and not as good as three out of three. So I'm... Well done, Dave. <laughs> Thanks for that succinct breakdown on how numbers work, <laughs> You're always looking out for our illiterate Australian audience, who presumably aren't very good at counting either. No. Um, oh, they, they they can't count. They can't uh, read. They can't vote for. So anyway, move on. As per my research, as per my research, um, okay. there were three actors actors in this movie uh, who played the president in other things. Um, so obviously Harrison Ooh. Ford played the president in this. Which two other actors? have played the president and again this is purely based on my subjective research and if i've missed anything or done nothing wrong then that's on you that's fine it's, um, it's, yeah and there's a follow-up there's a follow-up if you get the first bit right okay so we need we, we're talking men i'm gonna guess <laughs> yes i did look i did look whether um glenn close ever got the opportunity to play the president because the president. why not she's great a woman yep. president would be fantastic so i'm i'm, no. I'm gonna think I'm going to think about the ma- the male actors in this movie, and I'm going to think. I'm not. I'm not. This is my final answer, but I'm going to say I'm going to put William H Macy out there as one of the um, people in it. I'm also going to say Gary Oldman as well. I, I think Gary Oldman. I'm sure Gary Oldman has played. Uh, in fact, he played Truman in. Damn it. I thought you weren't going to get there. I thought it's you coming back get to there. me, right? Yeah. So, but that, I, but I'm not quite sure William H Macy yet. So that's the other. That's the only one. I'm. I'm trying to think of anyone else who's big in this movie. I would... thought when I'd looked in it, I thought um, this is just a bit of an aside, uh, just to pad the run to run time a bit. So um, the guy who gets shot, the Secret Service guy who gets shot, is Dean Stockwell, and obviously that's a guy who's been in everything. He's all yeah. over the place. And when I was looking, I was like, I wonder if Dean Stockwell's ever played the president. Because I can see it. Kind of like a nixon era type guy, you know? An mm-hmm. interesting face. Very like, gruff, authoritarian. And he hasn't. However, he did appear in a 1973 film called The Werewolf of Washington. Um, as... Oh, oh, good Lord. As the press secretary for the White House was as close as I could get. Um, a White House connection, almost. And he becomes like a werewolf. It's a horror comedy. And he, the, as the White House <laughs> press secretary... Goes to Hungary, gets bitten by a werewolf, and then becomes a werewolf. I actually think we should watch this. We should watch this. Because it sounds fucking shit. If we can find it, it sounds in- yeah. intense. Okay, right. I'm going to I'm gonna final answer. Definitely a Gary Oldman, because I, that's in uh, Oppenheimer. And I'm going to go William H. Macy. Yeah, bing, bing, bing. Uh, correct. Yes! Um, Fantastic. I'm a genius. Uh, William H. Macy didn't play a particular president. Uh, I'm impressed you remember Truman because Gary Oldman's got that Daniel Day-Lewis kind of like face that of a thousand faces sort of guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's not very recognisable as Truman. It's only because you're a massive nerd that you knew he played Truman. I'm a massive um, nerd. But uh, yeah, um, William H. Macy played the president on a TV show, uh, which his name I haven't got in front of me, but it was just like a vague kind of like, it's President J- Brown. 
It's President Johnson. <laughs> not not Johnson. It's sorry. the Johnson black was a real president, president. Black. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Um, and I was looking. I was I was going to go with a question about like which actor had played um, the president has played a president the most times. Like who is the most presidential actor? Um, and the answer, his name I can't remember, but he's like a Star Trek guy. Um, he was. This is this is a little mini Beverly episode. Hills Cop. I, I I know who exactly who you mean. This is a little mini episode that we that we should do. We should do who who was who has played certain characters the most. Who is the most make? presidential actor? Of course, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, love it. And Fantastic. and he played he played like the president, the same president, made up president in about four movies, uh, but also two different presidents in two different TV shows as well. <laughs> Um, including Stargate he was in one of the Stargates he's the vice president and later he's the president in one of those Uh, he's all over the place like character actors are always going to win every one of these competitions because they know what they're doing they've got the suit as we've already discussed so they've got the so my next question my next question is a little bit more of a uh, question two yeah is a little bit more of a adjacent question so obviously Mm. the president uses the Air Force One has made the president visiting foreign countries much 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 easier um now what i want you to tell me though is give me a country that the president has not that no u.s president has ever visited again according to the wikipedia article that i read (laughs) which may as well be the gospel truth um okay this is this is (sighs) this is tricky this is tricky because because i'm thinking about Straight away, I think about small countries. I'm thinking about like islands, countries that are. Is it just one? Is there only one that he hasn't visited? <laughs> there's, no, no. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. So I just, um, I've got, I've got a few options here. Right. I'm thinking islands. I'm thinking small places that don't necessarily have like any major geopolitical role, or that maybe don't even have an a, a, an airport. It's big enough to land a seven four seven on. That's a fair, fair. Um... That's my that's my thinking. I'm gonna just pick a random. Uh, so you've got a list there. You're gonna tell me if I'm right or wrong. I've got a map. So. Okay. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna say Antigua, which is a Caribbean island. I bet I can check this. <laughs> Please Working. hold the line while Working. we connect Working. your call. Thank you for thank you for listening to the Imaginary Mood podcast. We value your listenership, even if you're from Australia. <laughs> Antigua, Antigua, Antigua. He hasn't. No one. They have never visited Antigua. Oh, as far as I can tell. So that was a good, so correct I, answer. Correct answer. I get a, I get a point. Um, That's fantastic. The easy one. He's never been to Kazakhstan. Ah, oh. I am so disappointed in myself. Never been to not. Kazakhstan. There's a couple of. Central American, South American countries. Like I said, a lot, a lot of the Pacific Islands, most of Africa, a lot of Africa, uh, Madagascar, like Amer- things like that. Why uh, would Sri the Lanka. Why would the American president need to go places like that, Dave? I mean, there's not there's nothing bad happening there that the, the might of the U.S. government could sort out, is there? So it's fine. Do you have a bonus question fine. of which country has the president visit that has a president visited the most? Um, I I would like that. Yes, I think. Well. I think either, either, either Canada, just because it's like close, or major European country, maybe, 
Maybe France. Maybe 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 France or the UK. Give yourself a big honking no there. Oh, let's press the no button. Where is it? Where? Uh, what is it? I really, was really not a very big honk. Okay, um, sorry. I can your make instincts it were good. Good. Your instincts were good. Canada is the second with forty-one oh. official visits. Um, because first just like... was actually actually Great Britain as United Kingdom with forty-three official visits. I, I nearly said that. Yeah, France. France, to be fair, is number three with forty. Um, it's the special Germany. relationship. The special relationship. It's a special. Like, there's, there's a good argument there, you know. Um, for it's that. objectively special. Wow. It's objectively special. Okay. Um, right. So, last question. Let's go. Last question. Um, and I might have lost the link. Oh, we're back to we're back to me and my whole music. Thank you for listening to this podcast. <laughs> we're really glad that you've taken the time to uh, spend time with us, even if you're, you're not from an ad for Squarespace or something. <laughs> yeah, this podcast brought to you by uh, the Australian people. Thank you, Australia. Once again, once again, I'm I'm ready. Um, okay, let's once go. again. Uh, literacy programs in Australia do exist. Uh, links in the bio. Uh, if <laughs> get someone to get someone to help. Um, so Air Force One is Harrison Ford's tenth highest-grossing movie, which is an insane thing to say, right? Wow. So, how many of the rest of the top ten movies are Star Wars movies? Ooh, nine movies. Right. There are nine movies Not above this. Okay, okay. So I actually, God, I need to write things down. I don't understand. I can't do this. So we've got, we've got nine well, tell movies. Me the movies. What movies do you think made more well, money I, than I, this movie? The Star I Wars think, movies. I think definitely the definitely the first one is Force Awakens, yep. because that movie is just monstrous. Um, and you are about seventeen percent of that considering the amount of times you went to the cinema to see it oh the new one as in um force awakens yeah 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 yeah, yeah, the new one new one or the one i say new from 2015 yeah yeah so force awakens is i think definitely one of them i'm gonna say um maybe mm, return of jedi maybe don't tell me yet. Don't tell me yet. I'm just. I'm still working through. So return. I think well, again, return I'm, the Jedi. I'm not interested in which movies it is. I want the number. So it's a number I'm. After. No, no. Right, so I'm just working through. I'm just counting. So I've got two there. We've got what have we got left? He's not in. Is he in Last Jedi? No. Okay. No, no. Sorry, not Ghost? Last Jedi. He's not in the. He's in, he's not in the second. Doesn't he inexplicably in the in the Rise of Skywalker? Doesn't he inexplicably appear as a Force Ghost? I don't know, but I. I can't. Right, so that's one. So that's let's just say is for now. Okay, so we've got Force Awakens, we've got Return of the Jedi, Rise, a Skywalker, a Skywalker, Empire. I'm gonna just say all three of the so Empire and Star Wars, New Hope. So one, two, three. I'm gonna say four, and I'm not sure about Rise of Skywalker. I don't know if he's actually in it. When he, does he get killed in? I don't think he is. I don't think he's in the credits anyway. Um, he gets he killed, gets killed in, Force in Force Awakens. Awakens. Right, Spoilers so again, Australia, we're sorry. <laughs> Take that. Um, They're only just getting one, Star two, Wars, three, Sam. Four. It's rough over there. Right, so I'm going to say of the top 10 grossing Harrison Ford movies, 
four of them are Star Wars. Correct. Force Awakens. Yes. I feel so good about that. Tell me, tell me the ones. So number number one, Star Wars: The Force Awakens. That was a good, good, good knowledge there. Uh, number two, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Ooh. Um, which is again, but again, it, well, that's just because that's the one that everyone was excited to see. It is, but also, um, we were, is it? This is presumably adjusted for inflation, is it? No, <laughs> no, but the, but no, that makes sense though because it's about yeah. obviously. Yeah, so the Force now. Awakens with just over two billion, uh, which crazy. is just it's insane. Crazy. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, seven hundred eighty-seven million. Um, Star Wars Episode Four, so we've got a New Hope. Return of the Jedi and then Empire, which is weird. Um, yeah. Empire made well, middle movie, yeah, yeah. About forty million less than 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 um, Return of the Jedi, which made about two hundred million less than the other one. Then you've got Last Crusade, then Raiders, um, and then uh, we've got a mystery movie, which you're also going to guess in a second, just as a little oh. bonus. Oh then, God. so all the Indiana Jones movies, actually, apart from the new one, are in the top ten also because number nine is uh, the Temple of Doom, three hundred and thirty-three. What movie? Is at number eight. It's not an Indiana Jones movie, and it's not a Star Wars movie, and it made three hundred and sixty-nine million dollars. Good lord! Um, is it this movie? No, no. No, this, this movie is number made. ten. This movie is okay, number ten right. with three hundred and fifteen million. Harrison um, Ford movies bang like they sell. He is. He is assured. I'm going to say. Um, another like a Jack Ryan movie. So. Clear and Present Danger. Incorrect. Uh, clear and Present Danger was... They stopped the numbers after that. Uh, was oh, number 14. Uh, with okay, nowhere near million. then. So what the is movie it? was actually The Fugitive. Oh! So disappointed in myself again. That's a terrible... The quality of these movies goes down so fast. <laughs> you go past number 10 in this The list. Fugitive is fucking brilliant. I love The Fugitive. Great movie. Totally I love a top right? 10 list. Um, again, because yeah. that's arguably not a good top 10 of the best Harrison Ford movies at all, but like, it's a good um, pop culture well, capture. So it's all like all the Star Wars movies he's, he's in, I think. Um, all the Indiana Jones movies apart from the, new, the very new one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Air Force One and the Fugitive Bazaar. Well, there's only one thing to be said about that, and that is cash that check, Harrison. Ford. I know. And also, with my bonus answers, Sam, I think you like drugged me about six to three there. Yeah, absolutely. Heavy applause for me. And, uh, oh, that was slightly longer than I thought it'd be. Fantastic win. I'm the winner of this round. I'm the winner of the partly adjacent, semi relevant, unnecessary quiz round. Fantastic. I'm the you best. You get the Monty and Burns um, award for outstanding a... achievement in the field of excellence. I do indeed. <laughs> well done. Well remembered. As if I just rolled up my tongue. I'm just going to give you one point for that, Dave. Well done. So that gets you up to. No, actually, that's a that's a fractional point. That's a 0.7 of a point. So you're still just below me. But that's fine. Well, there we go. Though, going forwards. Um, that we do have to take into account point inflation. So unfortunately, the numbers could be wild depending on where you invest point your inflation. points between now and next we week. We are 100%. This is, a, as listener, if you're a regular listener, thank you very much. Uh, even if you're from Australia. Sorry, stupid joke. We'll stop it. <laughs> We've got to stop. We're going to do this every week now because we think quizzes are fun and someone wants to win it. I'll and try I'm and be- one- 
I'll try and be more. I'll try and be more. Um, what's the word? Like uh, restrained. I couldn't pick, so I had like six six questions there. Really. Oh no, it's good. It's fine. It's all good. But I think we're definitely going to be tracking these scores, and I am going to make a spreadsheet right after this is done. Well, technically, Sam, technically you won this week, but technically I won last week because I didn't come up with any questions, which means that I was the only person who answered questions, and I got most of them right. Technically. I'd fuck you that's the end of that thing and well, I'm, this I'm is the one... problem with a two-person podcast sam we've all, each got 50 percent of the showing right <laughs> yeah we can we can shout each other to death so we're on even keel now we're on even keel going forwards it's fine we'll battle it out next week and one of us will be on top and one of yes. us will be a fucking loser one of us will be on top and the other one will be bottom is that is that a thing Underneath? yeah that's fine that sounds good uh, that sounds fine. fine don't worry about that's it all good Right, Check well, it out on YouTube. <laughs> YouTube.com forward slash Imaginary Movie Podcast or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, listen to us and download us and, you know, just join us for a good time. Wherever you movies. find your podcasts. <laughs> like, comment, subscribe. I'm going to fucking kill myself. God. Exactly. I know. It's terrible. YouTube shills. But even if, you know, thank you for listening and thanks for getting us through this. And just for the last time, thank you, even if you're Australian. Thanks very much. 